Well, we want to thank each and every one of you for making the effort today. I tell you what, all the ice on the roads and all of that, we uh, <laughs> have had a busy week. Uh, we got up on the roof and shoveled and shoveled and shoveled some more, uh, trying to get some of the, the critical areas. When I stood up next to the snow that we were shoveling, it reached the top of my pocket. <laughs> That's how deep the snow was. And uh, we had lots of help. Roy Smith was one that helped us tremendously. And we had a couple others join us on the second day as well. And man, I tell you what, last year is what we're trying to get ahead of. On Easter Sunday, now it could have been any day of the week, and it could have been any Sunday, but no, it had to be on Easter Sunday because we had so much snow on the roof. It was backing up. It was ice damming, as you know, and it backed up and we had water pouring through a light fixture in the back hallway and, uh, and onto the floor. So, uh, you know, of course it had to happen on Easter Sunday. It wouldn't happen like on Monday or Tuesday or any day like that. Um, but on Easter Sunday as we had lots and lots of people coming to church and, and all of that. So we wanted to get ahead of that and we really appreciate the help in getting that squared away. Well, I want to speak today, if you are following along in your Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 1, and I want to talk about, you know, in times like this, uh, here's so many people, you know, the, from school children to, you know, people that have been affected, and uh, there's kind of some long-term effects of how we've been separated and children wearing masks and, and things like that, talking about a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance, uh, some depression and things like that. And I want to look to God's word because God's word speaks to every part of us, not, you know, physically, uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, the word of God speaks to us. And I just believe this, that God wants people who are healthy and happy and, and whole uh, when it comes to their mental uh, abilities and uh, their emotional health. And it is part of that process that God is working us through. And, you know, God does not shield us from difficult things, okay? Uh, that's just in life we are going to face some adversity. But God always has purpose, even in adversity, and it's, it's adversity that makes us stronger. It's adversity that produces in us some of the qualities and some of the fruit, if you will, that, uh, that God desires to grow in us. And so he doesn't shield us from difficulty. He doesn't shield us from adversity, but he helps grow us through that. And the word of God is a critical part of that relationship with Jesus is an absolute critical part of that. And so Colossians 1.20, there's a little verse in there that says, it's him we preach, it's Jesus that we preach. And God forbid that we preach, you know, self-help strategies or, or uh, you know, positive thinking, uh, encouragement, you know, and not that those are, are bad, but it's, we don't preach those things. It's Jesus that we preach because in him is everything that we need. In him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You know, in the last several weeks, one of the things we've been talking about is the fact that as Christians, believers, and as a church, we are always becoming, we are always progressing, we're always moving forward in, uh, in our 
likeness of Jesus. And, uh, you know, we don't uh, always represent Jesus as well as we want, but we pray this, is that over time, we represent him better and better as he works inside of us. And, and uh, that's, you know, speaking out of Colossians 1.28 here, is that we can see here the, the process of that. It's we preach Jesus and warn and teach every man in all wisdom, which comes from the word of God, to this end that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And that's the process that we are in. So, you know, when we face adversity, when we face difficulty, when we face disappointments and all that, know that that is just part of the process. That even in this, God is using this to uh, build us and to grow us and to perfect us throughout our lives. And, uh, you know, I really believe that's the role of the church to disciple and train every believer to minister. You know, we don't come to Christ in salvation to just sit on a pew and, and never, never minister to others. That, there's no point in that. You know, it's great that we're saved, uh, but to keep it to ourselves is, is just wrong. And to reach out to others and to encourage others and minister to others is really what I believe God has saved us for. It's not just for our own uh, salvation. It's not just for our own you know, blessing uh, and our own hope. It's so that we might give that away and to help perfect others as well. That's why we preach. We, to warn every man of what the Word of God teaches us, that we might apply our hearts to wisdom so that we might live in this life successfully and in a healthy way. And when I say happy, I don't mean in a trite way. How many know happiness comes and happiness goes, right? <laughs> you know, that's just kind of a trite emotion there. But when I talk about happy, I'm talking about a deep satisfaction. You know, even though we might be facing disappointing or difficult times, is that deep down in our soul, there's a satisfaction of relationship with Christ. And, you know, just, you know, the realization that we live in a broken world. You know, things don't go the way they ought to all the time. But we do have this hope, we do have this knowledge that someday Jesus will come and he will restore what he intended originally, the way the world is supposed to be. And, and that is our hope. That is our hope. Through relationship in Jesus, we are able to cling to that and find that deep satisfaction uh, in our heart. You know, it is that sanctification process. When we talk about becoming and when we talk about being perfected day by day. We're talking about the, the theological term sanctification. And uh, sanctification is probably a word that we only use in church, okay? You know, because it's a theological word. You know, we don't have lunch conversations with friends or, or over coffee and, and uh, slip in the word sanctification very often. But it is an important word to us. And uh, there are different views of sanctification. Some view uh, sanctification is a separate work of grace, and that's theologically speaking here. You know, salvation is a work of grace, and that's where we're saved and forgiven of our sin. And, and then some believe that there's another work of grace where we are perfected and we cease to sin. And that's a separate experience from salvation. 
Well, our view of sanctification is that it's twofold. One is that it's progressive, okay? And so throughout our, our lives, as long as we are on this earth, we are being perfected. So it's progressive in that nature. And, uh, you know, I, I pray this, you know, the, the person we once were is that we are better than that now and in the future that we will improve on who we are today through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to perfect us. And so we are always becoming. And so that's more our view of sanctification. I go deeper in it, but this is not a, a message on sanctification necessarily. Um, but that is part of what we're talking about here. Now, in this process, you know, we believe that, that we have responsibility in this, you know, that, that God gives us the ability to uh, overcome sin and overcome temptation and, and uh, overcome the things that bear against our soul and discourage us or cause us to lose hope. And the Holy Spirit working in us uh, is, a, is a very real part of that. But we also play a part in that, in, in cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit and investing ourselves into the Word of God and allowing ourselves to drink, if you will, from that deep cup of wisdom that the Scripture uh, is for us. And so we encourage this. Uh, we encourage you often to read your Bibles. This is, you know, not, we're not real deep into 2022. And if you haven't started reading your Bible through, it is not too late. In fact, if, if you wait till uh, June or July, it's still not too late to start reading your Bible. All right. But don't wait till then. You could, you could start today. And uh, there are Bible reading guides to help you with that. We just encourage you to be in the Word of God often because this is how wisdom is engrafted into our minds and our hearts and it begins to take root in our behaviors. And so we encourage and we promote the fact that uh, we are uh, working as we are enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit to be perfected, to continually become the image of Jesus Christ. Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, shows this kind of progression uh, in, in uh, this passage here. Second Peter 1, 5 through 8, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, so there's diligence on our part, add to your faith virtue. Okay, what does virtue speak to? It, it speaks to some of our, our priorities and our values and our behavior, okay? So add to our faith virtue, and here's the progression to virtue, knowledge, okay? So it's guided by the word of God. To knowledge, self-control. You see this progression of how our faith is matured and how we are being perfected. To knowledge of the word of God, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. Don't give up. Keep pressing on, even through discouragement, even through difficult times, even through uh, barriers and challenges that we face uh, in this life. Persevere, and to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I th thought this was a great verse that just kind of shows this progressive 
aspect of our faith and how we are to live this life. And, and when we do this, I believe it begins to produce in us a, a, a health, an emotional and mental, spiritual health in us and makes us happier, okay? And I, I don't mean that in the trite sense of being happy. I'm, I'm talking about that deep satisfaction of our soul and, and a wholeness, and we are less broken as people. And, uh, you know, the world produces such brokenness uh, when, when we are not guided by the Word of God, when we're not guided by the Holy Spirit. It produces such brokenness in us. And, and God wants to take us away from that. He wants, he wants to heal us. He wants to make us whole again. And so in our pursuit of producing healthy, happy, and whole people, let's talk about health. Let's, what does that mean? And I believe it... it important area for us, especially coming through the last couple of years that we have. And, and uh, you know, there's just uh, difficult news all the time, you know, and like I've said, many people's response to that is just turn it off. If I turn it off, then it's not happening, right? So, you know, if we don't listen to it, we don't think about it. And uh, there's probably some good to that, but I think it's important that we understand the broken world in which we live and things that are happening and, and gives us opportunity like we have today to pray for others like the Christians in Ukraine. You know, if we don't know that, if we don't understand what's happening, we lose an opportunity to pray for them. And so I think it's, it's important that, you know, we can take in some of these things, even though maybe it's not what we want to see or not what we want to hear, but we can remain healthy in our own mind. Our mind has a lot to do with the state of our health, you know. Uh, there can be nothing wrong with our body, but if our mind isn't working well, if our, if the, if our mind is not healthy, it will affect our bodies. And even if our body is relatively healthy, and we're, but we're experiencing, you know, depression or fear or anxiety, we do not enjoy the benefit of a healthy body. And it's, it is God's intent that we have a mind that is healthy and capable. 2 Timothy 1.7, I'm sure is a familiar passage to uh, many of you here today. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, Right? That, that's not healthy for us, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that interesting that Paul is writing Timothy here, talking about the power of a sound mind? Is that fear is not to destabilize us. Fear is not to, you know, put us on the run or, or cause us withdraw or shrink or, or be intimidated. It is God's intent that we have this mind that is able not only to receive even negative information, but to overcome it. Uh, in this life, there's so many things that would spoil our minds against walking in Christ. Uh, there are obvious temptations that we battle, things that are in opposition to Christ that make for unhealthy thinking. And that's why we're given clear guidelines concerning the things that we should allow in our mind. Here's some great scriptures. I'm going to uh, jump to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And again, it, it shows, it gives us guidelines on how to have a healthy, happy, whole mind and spirit. Finally, brethren, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Okay, that's clear instruction for us. How do we have a healthy mind? Well, here's some, some very clear instructions for us about the things that we are to contemplate. And when we do that, when we meditate, what's that, uh, what's that word meditate? It's not, it's not the, the worldly version of meditation where we just kind of, um, you know, and think of nothing. I, th I think if you get your mind to think of nothing, I think you're dead. I think that's, that's part of the process, isn't it? Um, but what does it mean to meditate? It means to think over and over on these things, extracting the virtue, extract, extracting the truth, you know, making the application from word to spirit uh, in us. And that's what meditation does. And, you know, read the psalmist, David, talking about, and I meditate on your precepts day and night. Uh, and what's that? To contemplate the Word of God. And in order to contemplate the Word of God, we have to read the Word of God. We have to know the Word of God. And then we can think on it over and over and extract from it that life-giving, health-producing power that is within it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. This is a spiritual dynamic. I think sometimes we, we forget this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we're in a spiritual battle all of our lives, you know, and that spiritual battle wants to take our mind captive and uh, control us. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now, this is a really important concept for us. If we're to have a healthy mind, what is a stronghold and where does a stronghold exist? A stronghold is a strongly held position of thinking in our mind, okay? And that is not true. Let me add that to it, okay? It's something that we, that we think of that is not true, that we have accepted as truth, and, and it is difficult to dislodge it from our thinking, okay? It's kind of wired to us. So the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, not flesh and blood, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's incredibly important for us. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So that's, again, the, the knowledge of God, knowledge of the Word of God is absolutely critical here uh, because if we don't have the knowledge of God, there's nothing to pull the strongholds down with, all right? And so casting out the arguments, uh, let me, what, what is an argument? doesn't mean just yelling at somebody. What is an argument? Uh, I'll tell you what, evolution is an argument. The theory of evolution is an argument that, opposes the Word of God, okay? And so these are assaults all the time that people accept as true that are not true. It can take other forms, and we'll, you know, talk about that. You know, people can uh, uh, grab onto things that are not true and, and operate on things that are not true so much of their lives, you know, and school, somebody in authority or even a peer uh, could have said something absolutely untrue about you that you accepted as truth. Like, you know, you're not, you're not very smart or, you know, you're not very pretty or you're not very 
uh, you know, able or, or whatever. And maybe that was a, an attack of the enemy and we accepted that as truth. And we've, we've operated so many years of our life based on the fact, well, you know, somebody said that, you know, I'm not very smart, so I guess I'm not very smart. And, and we operate and, and that is not true. That is not true. And so here's this, this passage, really, it's talking about how do we maintain a healthy mind? And that's to attack those things that are not true. And how do we know they're not true? Because the Word of God will tell you something else <laughs> that is true. And when we know the Word of God, it gives us the tools, it gives us the knowledge to attack these arguments that want to take us captive. Uh, so casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And what does that produce in us? It begins to produce in us a healthy mind, a healthy understanding. How do we survive, you know, days and now years uh, like we have and, and remain intact, remain healthy, whole, happy people? How do we do that? It is impossible without the Word of God and having that knowledge so that we can identify strongholds in our thinking and we can begin to destroy those, those uh, strongholds. You know why? Because the Word of God will tell you this, is that, you know what? You are made in the image of God. I read a story oh, one time about a person who had a disability, physical disability, and he was, at a, at a, he was a young person and he was at a summer camp and with lots of other young people. And, and as can happen, unfortunately, uh, he became kind of the, the joke. Uh, his, you know, attempts to play the games and sports and participating in things and very limited in his physical abilities and he kind of began to be snickered at and, you know, made a, an outcast to, to some degree. And as was going on uh, some days of this camp, and finally, one day during the lunch hour, uh, that they were in the cafeteria and they were eating lunch and of course it's noisy and, and things are going on. This, this young man stood up on the table until he got everybody's attention and all the noise stopped and all the conversation stopped and he said, I want you to know that I am what I am by the grace of God. Wow, that's truth. <laughs> And guess what that did? It shut down that whole negative thing. And all of a sudden he was included. All of a sudden people realized how they had done things to him that weren't right. And it changed the whole demeanor of, of that camp. And, and what was it? It was the knowledge of the word of God that just destroyed what was going on, the work of the enemy in a very negative way. That young man, having knowledge of the word of God, was able to say, this is my identity. I am what I am by the will of God. And that changes everything when truth is applied to something that is not true. It's a stronghold that is destroyed. It is pulled down. And we can be that kind of person, you know, operating in a world that's, that's full of, you know, it's like uh, I had a conversation with a friend just a couple days ago. And he said, you know, for the first time in my life, I don't know who's telling the truth. <laughs> I don't know, trust, you know, government people. I don't know, you know, you know, Vladimir Putin, you know, I don't know whether to trust him or not. You know, it used to be, you know, they're the bad guys, we're the good guys. Now we don't know. <laughs> 
What are we being fed? What kind of information? We don't know. And, uh, and so we're living in a world like that, but we can navigate it if we have the knowledge of the Word of God residing in our heart. And it, it spells it out so accurately for us. And almost every prayer that Paul uh, prayed that's recorded in Scripture, he prays that we might know Jesus better. That's in, you know, if you read his prayers in Philippians or Ephesians or Colossians, any of his prayers that are recorded in Scripture, he includes a line that, that we might know Jesus better. And how do we know Jesus better? By knowing the Word of God. Who is the Word of God? Well, John uh, in his gospel opens up that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word is God. <laughs> Speaking of Jesus. And so if we want to know Jesus, we know the word of God. And he prays it, that for us and that to our minds will add knowledge and the availability of that knowledge will be applied to our understanding and be put into action. So a healthy mind is a mind that is stayed upon the word of God. Number two, I, uh, the second point I want to make here is a healthy mind overcomes the enemy's lies. And we, we kind of talked about this a little bit already. Over every one of us have been spoken lies from the enemy, from peers and those in authority over us. Uh, if you remember uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, where Paul talks about the armor of God, you know, and from the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the shield of faith. Now, what is the shield of faith to do? So it protects us from all the what? Fiery darts of the enemy. Now, when we think of darts, we think of probably playing darts at home. You know, okay, you got a little dart, you know, and you throw it at a dartboard, right? That's not what that's talking about <laughs> in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament. When it talks about darts, it's talking about an arrow, okay? It's an arrow that's drawn back and shot, and that is what the dart is. And if it's fiery, it's one that's been lit on fire, okay? Now, if you think arrows are bad, one on fire is even worse, Okay? And that's what the enemy is shooting at us. And how do we protect ourselves from arrows that are on fire that are aimed at us? Shield of faith. <laughs> the course that is built on the truth of the word of God. That's how we quench the fiery darts. It's with the shield of faith. You know, our, our lives have been, have been hit. We have taken hits from fiery darts from time to time and uh, you know, whether we're told we're stupid or we're ugly or we don't belong or we're inferior or no one likes us or whatever. Those lies have been fired at us. Those are those, are those flaming arrows that are being shot at us. Uh, and uh, at, at sometimes at vulnerable times of our lives, criticism and anger and all of these things are like these fiery darts that the enemy wants to fire at us. And uh, they, can, they can hit us and that wound can stay for years, keeping us from saying yes to God, uh, to opportunities that he opens for us. You know, sometimes there, there are opportunities that God makes a way for us. And, and uh, you know, it's maybe stretching to us. Maybe it's something that, that's uh, challenging to us. But but you know what? We can trust God. If God opens that door for us, we can walk right into that opportunity and say, you know what? God's going to help me with this. And that's a healthy mind. That's a healthy spirit. Uh, when we're beat down and we're crushed by uh, all the wounds of, 
of uh, these fiery darts that, that Satan fires at us. We don't have the courage to say yes to God opportunities. And, uh, and we'll shrink back and, and we'll miss out on some of the things that God wants to us. When we say no and we turn away from the things that God has prepared for us to, to be and to do, we believe the lie instead of the truth. We think that we are less than able to do what God has asked us to do. And sometimes that enemy hides inside our, our own head. You ever had those conversations in your head? <laughs> it's, it's probably true for every one of us, you know, where, you know, you think, oh man, this is a deep desire of my heart and a voice in your head will say, you don't deserve it or, or you're not smart enough or you don't have enough money or you don't, you know, have whatever it takes to do that deep desire of your heart. And sometimes we, we cling to that. Sometimes we believe that. When, when God wants to open up our lives, remember, God wants us to be healthy, happy, and whole. And, and in the spiritual sense, okay, it's not, you know, happy. I can, I, can, uh, I can go and get a hamburger today and be happy for, you know, a couple hours, right? That's not the kind of happiness I'm talking about. It's that, it's that deep satisfaction uh, of, of the life that God has given us. And uh, sometimes we listen to the voices in our own head accusing us of not having what it takes. But a healthy mind believes in the promises of God. Here's a great verse for us to just keep it at hand, all right? Philippians 4.13. And uh, you've heard it before, but it's something that, that we just need to make part of who we are. And it's where, where Paul says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the truth. Let that sink in for a minute. We've only got a minute because we're over time, all right? <laughs> what is the truth? It's not that you're unable. It's not that you aren't smart enough. It's not that, that you can't do what God has called you to do. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's not your own strength. It's not your own smarts. It's his. Somebody said, I quote it once in a while, God doesn't call us on our abilities. He calls us based on our availabilities. And all we have to do is say yes to God and he will work through us. And that's your promise today. So how do we stay healthy, happy, whole in an environment that just seems negative at every turn? Be in the Word of God. Be in the Word of God. Be in prayer. Prayer is a, is a healthy thing for our mind and spirit and our heart. And grow in your relationship with Jesus. Remember, it, it's progressive. It, it begins every single day. And sometimes day to day, it seems like we have setbacks. And, you know, we do things that disappoint us. And we think, you know, God's disappointed us. But you know what? He's not disappointed in you. He's encouraging you to keep on going. Add to your faith perseverance, right? Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't believe that God is finished with you. And that's God's promise to us today that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Would you stand as we come to close in our service today and uh, just believe God for operating in an environment that's less than ideal. But you know what? That's, that's what tests us. That's what makes us strong. That's what makes us better. As we come through those things and we've learned lessons and we've had victories and God adds to us Heavenly Father, we pray today, Lord, over ourselves. It's okay to pray good things for ourselves, Lord. We pray that we would be healthy and 
happy and whole people walking around. Lord, you need those kind of people in a world that's like our world, full of brokenness and full of lies and full of things that we don't trust. Lord, help us to be beacons of hope, lights in dark places. Lord, maybe to our family, maybe to our workplaces, maybe in our schools. There's so much anger, so many things we don't know whether to believe or to not believe. But Lord, we can, we can believe your word. Lord, your word declares that your precepts have made us wiser than our enemies. And Lord, we cling to that. Lord, that our minds can be healthy and happy and whole. And Lord, that can flow to the rest of our body. Lord, it can flow to those around us. We can give life to others by passing along the same hope that we have. But Lord, ground us in your word. Lord, ground us in prayer. Ground us, Lord, in a commitment to becoming the Christian and the person you have desired us to be, we pray. And Lord, that promise kind of seals it up for us today. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not in my own strength, but in Jesus' strength. And Lord, we commit to that. And Lord, for your glory, Lord, for our wholeness, and Lord, for benefit to those to whom we influence, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you.